Hello and welcome to the Fearless in Love podcast, the show that will help you transform your relationship by first transforming you. My name is Hannah and I'm a relationship anxiety coach and breathwork facilitator, but I've also come out of the other side of relationship anxiety myself. Now that I'm looking through a lens of clarity, I am here to help you experience deep love and connection, not only with your partner, but in every area of your beautiful life. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Fearless and Love podcast. Today is a very special episode. I got the chance to speak with Lexi, who is a therapist, a friend. She's actually the moderator of the Fearless and Love Club, and she is a major part of the Healing with Hand community. She knows so much about relationship anxiety. She's gone through her own journey herself. We have a lot in common, and we decided to get together and discuss intrusive thoughts. Such a big question that you guys have for me is how do I deal with intrusive thoughts? They are driving me crazy, and they feel like they're taking over my life. So you're going to get a lot of real tangible answers from Lexi. You're going to hear a lot of really fun analogies, hear us go back and forth on lots of helpful topics, and it has just been a really special episode. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram with any of your takeaways. I love hearing from you, and I also love when you send me different topics that you'd love to hear in the future. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right. Hi, Lexi. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. How are you doing? I know. I'm so Lexi and I have been planning this for like months. Would you say like three months? months? Yeah, (laughs) at least. Yeah, it's a long, long time coming. It's been a work in progress. And Lexi is a very important part of the Healing with Hand community. She is actually a member of the Fearless and Love Club. She's our moderator in there. So we can talk all about how her experience has been being in that group and helping all of the women. She's been so integral to building that up and helping so many people. But today we're going to be talking about intrusive thoughts. Really My fun. favorite. Yeah, we all have intrusive <laughs> thoughts. And I wanted to start just by asking you to share your story so that the listeners and maybe people who haven't met you in the community can feel like they know you a little bit more. Oh my gosh. I don't even yeah. know where to start, to be honest. So your story um, with relationship anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess you can't really have relationship anxiety without the relationship. So mm-hmm. my partner's name is Ryan. He's amazing. We were actually um, neighbors growing up and he was the guy who drove me to school in high school. And I always kind of had a thing for him. He had a thing for me when we were little, but nothing ever really happened until like college. He would ask me out. I would always say no. And then finally we reconnected one day over a dating app and I was living abroad at the time. He was coming home from a cruise. I was coming home from the Dominican Republic and we matched on hinge and he was like, can I take you out for coffee? And I said, I'm actually leaving the country tomorrow. 
Turns out his brother was studying abroad in the country that I was living in. And yeah, and he was coming to visit five weeks later. So we met again for the first time in over five years. And honestly, the rest is history. I like how I I already know that story and it just gave me chills again. So serendipitous. I know. It was like the invisible string theory all there. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, But things were, you know, we had our ups and downs in the relationships, just like any of them do. And then um, I had a history with mental health, right? I feel like all therapists do. There's a reason why we really get into this business of helping other people. And I started to notice intrusive thoughts here and there about my relationship. How close to the beginning did that start? Hmm, I would say when it started to get really serious. Hmm. And later on, what I learned is that intrusive thoughts attack what you love the most. And one of my favorite books, Relationship OCD, I believe it's by Shiva Rajay. Um, and she expresses that when you realize you have somebody to lose and when you realize, oh my gosh, this this could be the one, then your relationship anxiety, or as she calls it, relationship OCD, really attaches onto that and just attacks it because yeah. it's your body trying to keep you safe, you know? Mm-hmm. I really noticed that with like um, the past of my anxiety. Like when I think back, I used to, it's not like I just have never had anxiety. Like before it was just about the thing I was most concerned about. So in high school, it was social anxiety and it was like how I come across to other people. And then when I got out of high school and I wasn't around as many people and I get into this relationship that I care about, all of a sudden he's what I'm worried about. And then when I was able to quiet that relationship anxiety certain other things came up. So I, I love mm-hmm. that it really does attack the thing that you love the most. And I think that's so important to hear because mm-hmm. people with relationship anxiety are like, is it because I'm with the wrong person? And a mm-hmm. lot of it's literally like the opposite. I was just going to say, it's because you're with the right person. Wow. And oftentimes it's so trauma-based, right? There's big T and little T, tra- big T and little T trauma, but we, t- we treat it all the same, right? So we have these core beliefs about ourselves and these core wounds and these core ideas, and it attacks what we love most, right? Because we want to make sure we're safe. We have those protective parts in ourselves that want to keep us safe. So what's the best way to keep us safe? right? To make sure you know everything that could happen. Yeah. That yeah. hyper-awareness. Uncertainty is unsafe. Mm-hmm. So you started to have these intrusive thoughts. Would you feel comfortable sharing like a couple examples and then what your response was when you first had them? Like, did you know that they were intrusive thoughts? I thought they were my identity and that my relationship was doomed. <laughs> um, and, you know, So yeah, I would be okay sharing. So oftentimes it would start as like, are you sure you love this person? Mm -hmm. Which is so scary to hear because you're like, yeah, of course I love this person. Here are all the reasons I love this person. Mind you, that keeps the rumination cycle going, right? When you're ruminating on it, it feeds it. But yeah, the, are you sure you love him? Oh, another one, enough. The word enough. 
Is he enough or is, is are you he, enough? Is he enough? Are you enough? Is the relationship enough? Does he buy you flowers enough? Yeah, and it can be literally anything, right? Yeah, <laughs> anything. Totally anything. Are we are we similar enough? Yes. Exciting enough? Yes. Romantic enough? Like it, yes. It literally anything. Absolutely. It it and it loves the intrusive thoughts. Love to attach onto the word enough. Never. Always. Yeah. Because it catastrophizes, right? And then the anxious brain is like, oh my goodness, there's a bear. I need to be afraid. Your fight, flight, freeze response is like, hey, I'm here. What's up? Which is why these intrusive thoughts feel so real, right? Because you have these visceral reactions in your body and you then assign meaning, right? Because I'm sure you can totally identify this with this too. I know because we've talked about it. You have the intrusive thoughts. All of a sudden, they feel real in your body. And then you say, oh, well, since I'm feeling this in my body, this quote unquote gut feeling with it, it means it must be true. When really that quote unquote gut feeling is your amygdala acting up, preparing you for that fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. Whereas to the fear, it's like a, it's a fear response. It's not a a calm, like knowing it's like, we got to get out of here urgently as if our partner is like a murderer or something. Absolutely. not not a normal intuition response. Yeah. And if you think about it as well, here's the thing. And this is what I tell to the girls in the group all the time. Mm -hmm. When you're in high moments of stress and when you're in moments of difficulty and you're having all of these feelings or you're depressed or you're anxious, would you make a decision, right? A big life decision about your job, quitting your job or like, I don't know, leaving home or making any of these huge life decisions when you're already in a rut? No, you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So why would you do that with your relationship? Yeah. And it's almost like, because it's a relationship fear, we think it's completely different Mm -hmm. for some reason relationships. I think it's just that whole societal belief you know that we always talk about when you know you know and if you have any doubts it means that something's wrong but it's like why is that any different than all of the other decisions that you're making in your life like I I did a post that was like if you let's say you were having doubts about being a therapist Mm -hmm. nobody would be like Alexi if you're having doubts about that it means you shouldn't do it and and you should just like run the other way and it's not for you 100 yeah. percent. get out of there absolutely like, you know that's normal to have doubts like weigh weigh the options keep trying you'll it'll be more clear with time like but for some reason when it comes to relationships people are so black and white so I'm glad that you brought that up yeah it's also so true like in the moment when you're in that fight or flight every intrusive thought it like it's like it's in a giant font, like a big, bold font. And all of your other mm. thoughts in the day are like in this tiny little font that like just like floats by, but then right. these thoughts demand your attention. And yeah. then I even notice that like, if I calm down 24 hours later mm-hmm. and I remember the thought, sometimes I'm like, why was I even worried about that? <laughs> like, sometimes I laugh at it I'm like yeah hmm. exactly okay, that was kind of dramatic of us wow and <laughs> right? that's why I've loved seeing um the response in the group in the fearless and love club because it's like that's a space for you to go first of all we always encourage people to self-soothe first before mm-hmm. going to 
the forums and, and asking, but if you're really unsure, you're able to share the intrusive thought there and get some feedback from somebody who isn't in fight or flight, who can Absolutely. tell you like a normal grounded opinion, who's also not going to be reflecting those societal fears of like relationships are so bad. So For yeah, sure. I think For that's sure. super, super helpful. Yeah. And also what's super, super helpful with the self-soothe, which I love is in that moment, if you have the option, am I going to self-soothe or am I going to reassure and seek from this group? Right. You go to the self-soothe first and you'll find that you have the answers within yourself the entire time. And that's what I encourage our girls to do. Go to the self-soothe, realize you have this inner wisdom and then come to us after and talk about how amazing you did. And if you're still having these fears when you're out of that fight or flight moment, even then we could give you the feedback as well. But I think, you know, something, and I love that you do this, Hannah, is you tell everybody that they have the answers within because you do, right? You're not, and that's also what people, another intrusive thought, right? If I heal my relationship anxiety, I'm not going to love him anymore. If I'm doing all this work on myself, he's not doing anything. That must mean he's not for me. Mm -hmm. None of that is true. Yeah. None of that is true. It's so much more about you than him. It is. But in the moment, it's so crazy. The relationship anxiety is like, it's him. He's yeah. the problem. Oh, yes. It's, all it's him. him. He's the problem. He's, look, he's, he's a monster. <laughs> oh my he, God. Like, yes. He didn't clean up his dishes today. He didn't put them in the dishwasher from the sink. Like there's a major oh, red yeah. flag there. Um, But then also sometimes I, I know we're kind of like going off of intrusive thoughts, our topic, but also sometimes your partner will make mistakes mm-hmm. and that's also a normal thing. I think that social media as well as you know protective parents and family members and friends kind of make you feel like your partner should be perfect and if he does make an actual mistake or you get into an argument or he says something that you don't mean as long as it's of course healthy and it's not toxic um it's it's normal because absolutely you know I'm sure that everybody here isn't the perfect partner either when no they're heightened. Like I have done so, I've said so many things. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better, but we're all a work in progress. yeah I've been there yeah we talk about this all the time um and also something super important to know and you do this in your self-suit by the way with unsolicited relationship advice If you people, have to understand sorry, I just want to explain because oh go for it not everyone know probably knows what we're talking about there. So in the Fearless and Love Club, there are self-soothe audios. So they're basically like meditations where you go and you listen to those instead of going to your partner for reassurance or going Mm-hmm. to even the groups first to ask for reassurance. And so each one has a different theme. And so that's what we're talking about. Yes. And they're hugely helpful. And they're an amazing coping skill that Hannah has helped instill in so many girls in our group. Um, but what I was going to say is two things. When getting relationship advice from somebody else, well, three, first you want to assess why am I getting this relationship advice from somebody else? Am I getting it from somebody else because I'm not feeling good in my relationship or because I actually want their opinion, right? The, if I'm not feeling good in my relationship, you're obviously going to be seeking reassurance. And then you're obviously going to be highlighting all the issues in the relationship. And then of course the person, which goes into point two is the person is taking their entire life experience and their own trauma and their relationship, 
right? And they're telling you based off of their experience, what they think about your relationship. So if you're talking to, here's my favorite one. Um, You talk to somebody and they're like, well, men never change. That's Mm. my favorite. You change every freaking day. What makes you think your partner can't grow with you? And also, why would you want to change your partner? Wouldn't you want to grow with them instead? I also think that like, I don't think it's possible to be with somebody who's growing and healing and stay the same. Mm. Like I think that we attract different things out of our partners depending on how we're showing up. And so what I noticed too was that it, we're, we're really going off topic, but I love I it. I feel like we could talk <laughs> like, forever about we, anything. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we need to. Um, but I noticed that when I started really getting in control and learning to self-soothe and feeling good Mm -hmm. that whenever Alex and I would get into an argument usually it would be me like getting super emotional and then he'd be reacting to my emotions and then when I was able to go into it super calm if he then was feeling emotional or said something he didn't mean he could really see that in himself Mm -hmm. like oh wait a second like I have some work to do here but it was only until I could sort of like be more calm and contain myself so that he was mm-hmm. able to kind of see himself more clearly because, you know, it's hard to see your own reaction when you're dealing with someone who's super emotional and you're kind of just trying to calm that person down and get out of there sort of thing. Absolutely. So yeah. I think that's just an example of like when you heal, I really don't think it's possible for your partner to stay the exact same. Not that like, I'm saying that that's why you should be doing it to get your partner to change. But I just think that usually that's, that's a little nice side effect. For sure. And (laughs) yeah, also I want to talk about like, here we are getting off topic again, but based on what you said, you know, working on your side of the street and trusting that your partner will work on theirs is a huge skill that you got to learn. Right. Because you, if you're taking a test, you're not going to be looking at somebody else's paper. Yeah, that's so true. But if I put, when I post this kind of thing on social media, people get so outraged in the comments. Yeah. People really get pissed, don't they? They do. Yeah. People also get like, they look at me in a shocked way when I say things like, you have to make sure that you have a good enough relationship. You do not have to have a perfect relationship because perfection fades. That infatuation stage that everybody's like, when you know, you know, this is the man of my dreams. He has every single quality, blah, 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 Disney. Okay. Chill. (laughs) Right. That stage lasts and 18 months tops. Right. Some people it lasts a week. Right. But, and that's another thing, comparing your relationship to others we should eyes on your own paper name this like this podcast like a little bit of everything a little bit of everything (laughs) have like 20 titles it's what happens when two girls with adhd yeah get together (laughs) we're gonna talk about intrusive thoughts we'll talk about it for 30 seconds and then go on to everything (laughs) yeah no I, i i love that there's so many different things and we could really talk about it forever we could um but circling back for the people who do really want to work on their intrusive thoughts. Mm. 
was there something that helped you in the moment? Like you're sitting there and you're having that thought, what if I don't love my partner? And you're working on it and you have those options of either to go and like talk to him about it or go ask other people for advice. And you have all of these different options in front of you. What was the option that's helped? One phrase comes to mind. I would say to the thought, and mind you, I was struggling for months and my therapist was telling me like, okay, you say maybe, maybe not. And none of it was working for me. It was the phrase, I'm not taking the bait. And I would say it over and over and over again. Even when I was like, I'm not sure whether or not this is an intrusive thought. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, it was an intrusive thought always, but I would always say back, I am not taking the bait. So my advice, find a phrase that works for you to say to every single intrusive thought. Some people I say, really like that one. yeah, it's, it's, it's a delicious skill. Okay. You know what it's... comes to mind when you said that? Mm-hmm. Like, Tell me. I just had like a, a an epiphany. Like, yeah. It kind of an, like a silly epiphany of like a fish swimming through the water and somebody's like fishing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you're fishing, I always had a hard time with um, fishing because I grew up a vegetarian. I was just going to say, uh, you don't want to harm <laughs> animals ever. I can't imagine yeah. fishing. <laughs> I would, I would go out with my family, um, in the summer when they would go camping and I'd just be like sobbing, like, don't kill them, please. Not um, me, no. I'm like, you're sneak. You're like, it seems so evil. Like you're sneaking up on them to kill them. But it, that's what comes to mind is like, you're the fish swimming along and somebody's fishing with the bait, like trying to get you to take it. And sometimes they use like really shiny bait that looks so good. And you're like, oh my gosh, like that looks like a real fish. Like they've, they've made it, you know, those lures, right. like real fish and they're shiny and pretty. Yes. And there's yes. different ones. And some of them are like obvious and some of them are really shiny and like convincing, but you're like, that's one for the like, one. Don't go for it. Don't yes. go for it. Yes. All right. I can also think back to like, did you ever play Club Penguin? Maybe I did. Maybe you're a little bit older than me. Just a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I remember playing Club Penguin. It would be the same thing. Like, with the fishing part you're trying to trick this thing to come and grab the lure and as soon as it does it's hooked it's really hard to get out but if you're able to resist it before you get hooked in then it's so much easier to just like go on with your day yes and that reminds me (laughs) yeah it's I have another analogy this one was a good one that I heard too I think I heard it on the OCD stories podcast um But it was this analogy of, okay, this person comes to you with a mosquito bite Mm -hmm. and you itch the mosquito bite and it feels really good. But then the mosquito bite starts to get bigger and you're like, okay, but this this mosquito bite is really itchy. And this time, if I itch this mosquito bite, it will stop itching after and it will go away. Mm-hmm. it's not going to go away. It's going to get worse and worse. It's going to scab. It's going to scar. You need to stop itching. Yeah. You need to stop and, engaging. And what would itching be too? Itching would be that rumination. Itching yeah, would be engaging with it. that intrusive thought. So it would itching be like, would... maybe I don't love him. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. he is a little bit too loud. Maybe, maybe this is just an example. I'm not actually talking about her Ryan and her boyfriend. No. I don't know. Him. He's a perfect um, angel. Yeah. <laughs> so is Alex. Uh, 
but no yeah, flaws ever you, you just start to have different things come up and then you start to kind of like do a mental pros and cons list sort of thing yeah yeah oh my god the pros and cons list I would make and I would have like right. 50 pros and two cons yeah <laughs> and I would be like okay logically he's a keeper what are you doing and then yeah oh the intrusive thought would be hmm, are you lying to yourself are you really thinking about all the cons because it's never going to feel like it's enough or I would be like but what if there's someone out there who doesn't have any cons <laughs> right. all that's my favorite one yeah, yeah. yeah. what yeah. if <laughs> you it's... know what if the perfect man build a man becomes available and like no I yeah no the perfect man doesn't exist those are the everybody's humans lures those baits in the ocean you can yes every time like nope i'm not gonna go up to that that's a really obviously expensive lure but it's not worth it that one's the louis Vuitton of the of the lures i'm gonna go for that (laughs) one this time it will be different no it won't you're engaging with the thought and then the cycle's gonna get worse welcome yeah and then you're then you just have to wait it out yes Um, what else the phrase me was I, I read so many books about mindfulness and mm. spirituality before I even I didn't even know what relationship anxiety was but like I don't know if you've heard of Eckhart Tolle and like the power of now and a new mm-hmm. earth mm-hmm. and um, one that really helped the untethered soul and basically it just described like the fact that you are not your thoughts and that you're able to be aware of your thoughts mm, and mm-hmm. the thought is not you. So it sounds like such a simple concept, but when I first heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. It's like you have someone following you around, some like annoying person when really it's it's a part of you that you should love that's just scared. But yeah. in the moment, it feels like this annoying person following you around and they aren't seeing things clearly and they're just constantly mm. trying to get your attention, but it's not you. It's not your higher self. It's just a thought that you can witness and see it pass by like the clouds. I think that you Absolutely. that you sometimes think of them as clouds or was it something else? Um, be something like that. Yeah. Oh, no, I, like I think clouds. that's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> like clouds. No, mm-hmm. it's true. Like, and also the phrase, a thought is just a thought right? I, I give, oh, no, I know exactly what you're thinking of. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have this analogy where this is about a thought versus a fact and how a thought is an effect. So if you have a thought, okay, I'm waking up this morning and it's going to be 75 degrees and sunny outside and you get outside and there's not a cloud in the sky, but it's 50 or 40 degrees. I don't know. You went out thinking it was going to be 75 and sunny. You come out, yes, the sky is blue, but it's snowy out. You're not going to, you're not going to think like, okay, it's a fact that it's 75 degrees outside. No, it's snowy. The fact is that it's snowy just because you think it's going to be sunny. doesn't mean that it's going to be sunny. It's snowy out. Mm. Does that kind of make sense? That totally makes sense. (laughs) You know? So just because you have a thought doesn't make it a fact. Just because you have a thought like just so because many you, thoughts you know, yeah I know I'm trying to put the list together but you have all these thoughts and you assign, the thing where you get stuck is you assign meaning to the thought right mm-hmm. and then it's 
what must it mean about me? What must it be about my relationship? Or what must it mean about my relationship? And I've also found it it's less about the relationship Mm. and it's more about the receiving mode that you're in. So I always loved this analogy that Abraham Hicks talked about where it's like your thoughts, it doesn't really mean anything of, it, it doesn't mean anything. What am I saying? It's not that they're true or they're not true. It's that they're either coming from a place of fear or of clarity. And so in that moment, if you ask yourself, what receiving mode am I in right now, which is basically how am I feeling right now? Mm. Then you can tell if the thought is helpful or not. If I'm in a place of fear, anxiety, overwhelmment, anything like that, then I'm going to attract thoughts that are equal to those feelings. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you know where it's coming from. If I'm in a place of like joy and gratitude and happiness, then I'm attracting thoughts that match up to that feeling. And so that really helped me aware. It's like, okay, it's not that like I'm attracting these thoughts that are like from some mysterious force trying to tell me my relationship's not good enough. It's just that I'm not feeling good right now. Like me, and it might not even have anything to do with my partner. It might just be that, you know, getting my period or I'm like tired or I'm not feeling my 100% best. Yes. Like we said at the beginning, because the relationship is so important to me when I'm feeling like I'm in one of those lower vibrational emotions. Absolutely. That's where it goes immediately. Yeah. And you just gave me a thought about an analogy because I I'm a therapist. I love analogies. It's my favorite. I love analogies too. I know I the best. They like really yeah. click, they click with me. They I think do. It might be ADHD thing too. It could be. It <laughs> for sure could be. But it gave me instantly my thought went to this. You're outside and you're walking and you're only staring at the ground. And you're like, oh, there's garbage on there. There's a pothole. I live in Michigan. There's potholes everywhere. There's a pothole. There's dirt everywhere. This is disgusting. And then you look up and there's a sunset and there's trees and there's beauty. Are you going to choose to look down and stay in that space of negative vibrations, negative energy? Or are you going to choose to look up and notice what's beautiful? Mm -hmm. I say it to the girls all the time. If you're approaching your relationship from a place where you're only looking at areas in which it's lacking, rather than in areas in which you have surplus, you are going to be eternally unhappy. Yeah. Because you could find anything about anybody that you don't like. Yeah. You could do that to any of your relationships. Too. Anybody. Even anybody. Your, let's say your best friend who you love. You, if you started looking at them through that lens of fear, look, looking for all their problems... For sure. I probably feel the same way. 100%. 100%. And also, it's important to know a few things. First of all, mindfulness was also hugely helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I was glad you brought that up. Mindfulness, meditation, even if it's just 15 minutes a day, really learning to sit with the thoughts and let them roll over me like water. Yeah. That's like training, right? That's what it was like yes. for me. Training? Yes. 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 Just a little, a little thing you could do for yourself each day. And then... The second thing, what was I even talking about? It totally just slipped my mind. Mm. Yeah, it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) That was like me a couple minutes ago. I know, I know. But 
gosh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I remember. Patience. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. No. My thoughts did not start to dissipate until about three months of consistent redirection. Consistent, I'm not taking the bait. Which would make sense because it takes about three months for a new neural network to really just solidify. So really, really, really just be patient with yourself and repetitions. It's like you're going to the gym, right? If you go to another analogy, if you go to the gym and you're looking at those 50, those 50 pound dumbbells and it's your Mm -hmm. first day at the gym and you're like, okay, I'm about to, I'm about to do some curls with these. People would look at you like you were a nut because you would lift it up and then you'd have to drop them, right? You start with five pounds and you do it over and over and over again until it becomes habit, right? And then you could start doing harder and harder and harder things. So now I take like the intrusive thoughts and I used to say the same phrase over and over and over again, because that was my five pound weight at the time, right? My five pound weight at the time was that one phrase. It was, I'm not taking the bait. And Mm -hmm. then now, as I've gotten stronger with it, sometimes I even invite the thoughts in just so that I could tell them to get out. And I have new phrases. So now I'm inviting the discomfort in, which is that 50 pound weight. Mm -hmm. I'm inviting the discomfort in. I'm inviting those fears in just so that I can reinforce those pathways of saying, not taking the bait, no thanks. It's like anything, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really is a habit and a skill for sure. And it takes time and be kind to yourself. And this is why I say constantly that relationship anxiety can be a gift because mm. you're getting so much control over your own mind. And that's how you're able to create a life of your dreams. And most people will never have that discipline to do this kind of work because they're not experiencing pain and nothing's right. forcing them to do this. So it's, you know, it would be easy to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to like, you know, settle for what I have. And my mind is fine. I'm not going to sit down and meditate. Like, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm doing fine. But when you do, you're developing skills that are not just going to allow you to feel okay, but they're going to allow you to feel exceptional and be Absolutely. sort of above most people in that way and in the way of discipline. Yeah. So I love that. I, I think it's so important as well, just to remember that sometimes you have to do the deeper work as well. And the thoughts are sort of just like a symptom. So it's like you have something under the surface, you might have deeper wounds, you might have more things to address. And that's why I'm so excited for the Fearless and Love Academy. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Lexi's going to be there. Yes, Um, you better believe it. She is. And we're going to be doing breath work. We're going to be doing different things so that we can target the actual root cause, which will then automatically help these thoughts to come down. So you don't have to constantly be wrestling with them. Mm -hmm. It'll kind of just be like a cause and effect thing. I think both are important, learning to work with your mind and then learning to release and feel and heal your wounds through your body. And that's a topic for another day. <laughs> I know we could so go into that, the somatic experiencing of it all as well. And I could talk about my EMDR training and how everything's oh like hidden in the body, but we won't go into that just quite yet. We'll have to keep you coming back for more, but Lexi will be back for sure. For sure. And <laughs> a couple more things I just want to hear from you. First of all, 
what would you say to somebody who is listening to this podcast and maybe they're newer here and they've come with a lot of relationship anxiety, perhaps they've just found out what it was. What would you say as a final word of encouragement? That gets me emotional because honestly, where I was when I, when I actually found you, I remember I was up North in a cottage with my boyfriend and we were having a weekend away and I was consumed by all of this anxiety and I had no idea what was going on. No idea. I've been a therapist and I'm like, okay, what's happening? So, and then I found you and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it is. So I remember that day where I was on the beginning of my relationship anxiety journey. And what I would say to that scared girl is to hold on and to be patient And to know that if you do the work, even on days where you don't want to, if you are consistent, it will get better. It will Mm -hmm. get better. And you will see your relationship through a different pair of eyes. And it's a gift. It truly is. I really think that my relationship relationship anxiety was a gift. And that Mm -hmm. reframe is important. So I would say to hold on. Hold on. Use your skills. It's going to be okay. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel emotional too. I'm sure you keep giving me chills. I love this conversation and I'm sure everyone has too. So I wanted to ask you, where can my audience find you? If you guys didn't know, Lexi is starting a podcast. So if you want to tell us a little bit about that and, and where they can find you, we'll also link her in the show notes, of course. Perfect. Um, and we're obviously going to have you on. We're super excited. Um, well, first of all, you could find me in the fearless and love club. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you can find me in the, in the academy by your side hand. Yeah. Um, but we are, yes, we're starting a podcast. My friend Monique and I, she's an absolutely amazing therapist. She's fantastic. Um, we are starting a podcast called the untherapist podcast on Instagram. We're the untherapists. Um, and it's kind of this idea that, you know, we're humans too. And we lift up the mask and we get it into the nitty gritty and we're going to be interviewing industry professionals. We're going to be interviewing people about their own mental health journey. We're going to be our chaotic selves and talking to each other about different areas of mental health. And it's really just going to be going with our overall mission of just really reducing the stigma around mental health. And Han, I think what you're doing is amazing because you're reducing the stigma. You're like fighting the stigma around relationship anxiety and it's a newer field. And you are really paving the way for all of these people who think they have to relieve their relationships when really what they have to do is just the inner work. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited for this journey and we're excited to have you on the podcast. Obviously you're going to be talking about your journey and we're very excited for that. So look out for that as well. Um, Yeah. I am so excited for your podcast. I'm so excited for your Instagram. I'm like everybody, if you're listening to this, go follow her Instagram right now. And then the podcast will be coming out very soon, right? Yes. We are recording our first episode tomorrow. It's going to be called, So You Want to Get to Know Us. And it's going to be all there is to know about the two of us, our story, our journey, how we met. We actually met in class um, in grad school. But yeah, right now we have um, our Instagram is up and running. It's super cute, super fun vibes. Um, And shoot me a DM if you ever have any questions, any needs, anything like that. Happy to answer. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for And having me. of course, and I'm sure we'll have you on soon. And All everybody right. who is listening, we love you and we will see you next week. We love you so much. We love you Bye, so girls. much. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>